0: Salvation is inclusive, well let's start with it's exclusive, salvation is exclusive through Jesus Christ, we can only be saved through Jesus Christ, but salvation is inclusive and it's open to anyone, anyone in the world, anyone who ever lives, anyone in the world is open, salvation is freely available to them through Jesus Christ, it's available. Another time, another place. I was in high school. It was nineteen. Not nah, we won't finish that. And um, I was in high school when I was talking with a, a, a friend of mine. We were exiting math class. One of one of my worst favorite classes. We were exiting uh, math class, and I was started talking about you know Christianity and my faith in Christ and and kind of her faith. And she said, "I'm going to skip that actually." And she said. I make up my own religion, Steve. I make up my own religion. Another time, another place. I was a junior in high school, in eleventh grade, and I'm working at Jack's Aquarium and Pets, a, a local pet store chain in the Dayton area. I I love that that job. It was certainly one of my favorite jobs. And we were in there, I think, before the store opened. We're cleaning out the the dog cages. The Cages, the rat cages, the the snake cages. You know, we had to clean all the small animal cages, and snakes were okay in that case because I knew they were right there in the cage. They're they're not okay if they're in the yard, though. I do have a fascination. If you told me there was a rattlesnake back there, I'd go looking. But um, we were cleaning out all the cages and everything, and I'm talking to a coworker who was a senior in high school and we're talking about faith, and she said, "Everyone's a Christian, Steve." Everyone's a Christian, Steve. You know, what is, what is interesting about these statements, though? You know, how many of you, the, these, these high schoolers, they have great theology, don't they? I, they're wonderful. They're, they're way ahead of their, of their age. How many of you think these views are correct? Raise your hand if you think you can make up your own religion. Anyone? Don't be shy. Raise your hand if you think everyone is a Christian. Well Jesus himself said many of you're going to come to me in the in the in the judgment day and you're going to say I did this for you, I did that for you and I'm going to say depart from me. Many are called but few are chosen Jesus said. So what's wrong with those views? You know, those viewpoints do not fit with truth or Christianity, do they? They do not fit. Think about those views. It's obvious that everyone is not a Christian. Second, the point of religion is to earn our way to heaven. But if we have to earn our way to heaven, which I don't think we do, but just go with me on this. If we have to earn our way to heaven, then we cannot make that up because we would have to earn our way to heaven by what God requires. We would have to earn our way to heaven based off of God's standard. But the problem is that none of us can meet God's standard. We can't meet God's standard. And so the Bible teaches that we cannot earn our way to heaven. And if we could earn our way to heaven, Jesus would not have needed to go to the cross. The Bible teaches that salvation is a completely free gift given to us. Christianity is not about a religion. Christianity is about a relationship with God who sent Jesus to pay our debt and thereby save us. We cannot make this up. We cannot make it up. We need Jesus' death and resurrection to forgive us for our sins. We need the atonement that Jesus' blood atones for our sins. We need justification that by Jesus we are made righteous in God's eyes. We need redemption that we are bought. Out of our sin debt. We need what only Jesus provides. A few months ago. I went to a seminar. Through the C.S. Lewis Institute. And it was led by. Dr. Andy Bannister. Dr. Andy Bannister has been studying. Islam for over 20 years. He's been reading the Quran. In the original Arabic. He's been a speaker with. Rabbi Zacharias International Ministries. And other groups. and, And by the way. The C.S. Lewis Institute offers many very good seminars on different subjects, and they're open to the public. If any of you are interested, let me know. But he shared on the idea, do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Can Can we flatten religion and make everything the same? So he said, how do we navigate the religious diversity? One way is to say every religion is essentially the same. He says, we can't say the mountaintop illustration. We can't say that. The mountaintop mountaintop illustration is that God is at the top of the mountain, and we all go up on the top. The mountaintop illustration is to say that each religion goes a different path, but the illustration fails. Dr. Bannister says he climbs mountains, and every path does not lead to the top of the mountain. You can know that if you watch the Weather Channel and you see the certain shows about people who get lost in the mountains and almost die. Some paths lead the wrong way. They lead the wrong way. And we can say that same thing about religions. So he says, Bannister asked, where do we stand to see that every path leads to the top? We cannot stand at the top of the mountain. Because you can't see all the past by looking down. We would have to float several hundred meters. He's from England, so he says meters. 700 meters above the mountain. If God is at the top of the mountain, we do not want to worship him because that is the wrong God. That illustration fails miserably. These things that flatten religion and say that every path leads the same way, it takes away doctrine. Every religion is exclusive. Every one of them is exclusive. Truth in and of itself is exclusive. If it is truth, it is exclusive. You cannot have pluralistic truth. That is an oxymoron. It is impossible. Truth is exclusive. Two plus two equals four. It is truth. It is exclusive. You can't have your own fuzzy math. It is truth. I was talking to a guy at my church and alliance once, and his daughter was struggling with, with math, and he was a math major. He knew math quite well, and so he was talking to the teacher, and the teacher said, she has to understand the essence of four." and he thought, what? <laughs> you know, what is the essence of four?" He thought that was just ludicrous. Truth is exclusive. It, if it is a truth c- claim, it is exclusive, and we have many exclusive claims in the Bible, and this is why theology is important. So let's talk about the God of the Bible versus the God of the Koran. My theme here is all paths do not lead to God. And a key verse is John 3.18, which Timothy read a few minutes ago. And so an application is to make sure you are on the right path. Now here's some things to look at. The Bible teaches that God is relational. That's a key word, relational. Adam walked with God in the Garden of Eden. We see that in Genesis 3.8. God desires a relationship with us. The Bible teaches that God is relational. Revelation 21.3, the dwelling of God will be with men. God is described as a father, a friend, a husband. All these ideas are in the Bible. The whole Bible is about God desiring a relationship with humans. But Dr. Bannister shared that in the Quran. God is, not, God is not a relational God in the Quran. Allah is distant and remote. No relationship is possible with him. The Quran borrows stories from the Bible, but it takes away the relationship nature. And actually, Dr. Bannister was able to quote different Muslim scholars that said the same thing. They're Muslims. And they said, God is not a relational God to them. The God of the Bible, the God who we serve, the God whom we worship, desires a relationship with us. Christians and Muslims do not worship the same God. The Bible teaches that God can be known. God can be known. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, Timothy read, Thus said the Lord, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts Boast of this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. God can be known. We can boast that we understand and know the Lord. Allah does not reveal himself. Only his commands are made known in the Quran. No invitation is made, is no, no invitation is made to know Allah. Muhammad is not... Muhammad did not even know God or Allah. In the Bible, God reveals himself time and time again, constantly from Genesis to Revelation. God is revealing himself to his people, and God wants to be known. God is relational, and God can be known. The Bible teaches that God is love. These are all different between Christianity and Islam. The Bible teaches that God is love. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God made the first move. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. We're going to come back to John 3.17 and 18 in a bit. The Bible teaches that God suffers for us. God suffers for us. So God is relational, God can be known, God is love, God suffers for us. Isaiah 53, 4, God carried our sorrows and took up our infirmities. Jesus suffered and died for us. Jesus suffered and died to be in a relationship with us. By the way, you do not see these ideas reading the Quran. You do not see these ideas about Allah. Allah is not relational. Allah cannot be known. Allah... Uh, does not love, is not described that way, and Allah certainly does not suffer for his people. Lastly, and this is very important, the Bible teaches that God handles justice and mercy without compromising either. God handles justice and mercy without compromising either. A dying W.C. Fields, according to legend, Surprised a friend by asking for a Bible. When the friend asked the comedian what he was looking for, W.C. Fields replied, he's looking for loopholes. Looking for loopholes. And aren't we all maybe that way sometimes? And I want to declare there are no loopholes in the Bible. The Bible is consistent and the Bible is logical. And the Bible teaches that God handles justice and mercy without compromising either in that way. The Quran talks about the justice of Allah and the mercy of Allah a lot. Many religions talk about mercy and justice. But mercy and justice conflict with each other. They are conflicting. They're contradictory. In the Quran, mercy is always offered at the expense of justice. And justice is always offered at the expense of mercy. And that's the case with many religions. One is ignored. This is a contradiction in most religions, including Islam. The Koran never reconciles this. The Koran never reconciles mercy and justice. In the other religions, they do not reconcile mercy and justice either. But in Christianity, the problem is solved. In the Bible, there is justice and mercy. The punishment is on Jesus. In Christianity, God does not exercise mercy and forgiveness at the expense of justice, but through his justice. This is really important. Get that. God does not exercise mercy and forgiveness at the expense of justice, but through his justice. Through it. God offers mercy and forgiveness through justice. Jesus takes our place. Every sin will be revealed. Jesus pays our price or if we reject him, then we pay. Either way, justice will be paid. Justice will be paid. There's a guy named Maximilian Kolbe. He lived 1894 through 1941. He helped people escape from the Nazis. He was captured, he was captured and taken to Auschwitz. Some escaped. They were going to make an example of 10 people who were locked up to die being starved or dehydrated. As they lined up those ten people, those ten people were going to be killed. And then people started talking and some of them said, I have a family, you can't take me. I have a family, I have children, don't take me. So Maximilian Colby stepped up. He took the place of one of those men. He was not guilty, but he took the place. Jesus took our place. There is no other God besides the God of the Bible. He is unique. Christians and Muslims do not worship the same God. Now, if you recall, this came to popular media attention because about two and a half years ago, a professor at Wheaton College, which has always been known as a good college, Billy Graham came out of Wheaton and many good Christian thinkers. But a professor at Wheaton College was, uh, was terminated, was dismissed because she said that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. And this is where theology and doctrine is important because when you look at the theology taught in the Bible, if you go back to the word of God to look at the theology, we realize Christians and Muslims do not worship the same God. Allah and the God of the Bible are totally different. There is only one God. One other thing though is about the Trinity. Love requires a subject and an object. Love requires a subject and an object. It makes no sense to say there is love without saying there is someone to love. You cannot say there is love without saying there is someone to love. The Trinity solves a lot. It shows that God is love and there is love in himself. Since God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he can be love even before he created things. Otherwise, he would have had to create things in order to love. He did not have to create me in order to be loved. God has all the love he needs in the triunity of the Godhead. God was not, is not, and never will be lonely. He does not need us to love. He created us out of his own desire. Who knows John 3.16, raise your hand. Who knows John 3.18, raise your hand. Okay, we got at least one or a few. Bob Stein knows John 3.18. You know, they're both critical verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus is the answer. It's not a trite phrase. It is the ultimate truth. John 3.18 shares that it is important to not reject Jesus. Rejecting Jesus brings judgment. Rejecting Jesus is rejecting God. Knowing Jesus is knowing God. John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except by him. Pray with me at this point. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you took care of our sin problem. That you, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you that there is a way to go to the Father. There is a way to eternal life in you. You provided the way. We could not provide the way. You provided the way. Because God is relational. Because God can be known. Because God is love. And because Jesus, you being God, you suffer for us. You reconciled justice and mercy without compromising either. God, you are holy, righteous, and pure. But you are just. So you sent Jesus to take care of our sin problem. Father God, if there's anyone here who does not know you as Lord and Savior, may today be the day where they, are con- where they confess... They are a sinner in need of a Savior, as we all are, as I am in need of you, Jesus, as Savior, the only true Savior. Jesus, may we all commit to you, trust in you, believe in you, follow you. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: It's all staying our closing hymn is, This is my Father's world on the screens or number six in your hymnals. Thank you.
0: us who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.